You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ and others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the 20th Sunday after Pentecost, October 27, 2019, by the Reverend Lex Breckenridge, Rector at St. Thomas. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. Have you ever been desperate? I mean, really desperate? You ever felt like you were backed into a corner with no room to breathe, much less to move? It's that place where high anxiety turns into full-on panic. And what can make it even worse is the realization that you're suffocating because of something you did or failed to do. It's not just circumstances that put you in the desperate fix. It's your own fault. Walls keep closing in. You ever been there? I have. I'll tell you about it in a minute. But first, let me tell you how I got to thinking about the experience of desperation and panic. I've been sitting with Jesus' parable that we just read for the last few days. You know, we usually think about this parable in really binary terms. We're so conditioned to hearing about Jesus' conflicts with the Pharisees that we reflexively put the black hat on the Pharisee, the self-righteous Pharisee in this story, which means that the white hat has to go on the repentant tax collector. You know, we commend the tax collector and we condemn the Pharisee. That's pretty neat and tidy, isn't it? Except when we do it that way, we're just as self-righteous as this self-righteous Pharisee. And where's that get us? Now, Jesus' audience wouldn't have had the same take on this story. For first century Jews, Pharisees were admired. They were interpreters and guardians of the law. And most of them sought, very sincerely, to live out the law in their lives. They tried very hard and very sincerely to be righteous people and to be good people. And the people commended them for it. The tax collector, now that's a different story. Tax collectors were agents of the occupying Romans. They were agents of the evil empire. They were traitors to the nation. And even worse, they profited off their bad behavior. You know, they they added something on the top to pay their own fees from the taxes that were already burdensome and onerous. This guy wouldn't have been welcome in many places at all. 
So let's see where these two polar opposite figures uh, as Jesus' audience, let's see them as Jesus' audience might have. Now, the Pharisee begins his prayer by checking off all the right boxes. He isn't a thief, he isn't a rogue, he isn't an adulterer, he fasts twice a week, he gives a tenth of his income, and for God's sake, he's not a traitor to his nation like that guy sitting over there. He's a hardworking good man who sincerely wants to follow the law. That's how Jesus' audience would have seen him. The tax collector? Well, the tax collector. I mean, the chickens have finally come home to roost for this guy. The walls are closing in on him. He can barely breathe. Anxiety's turned into full-on panic. He knows that he's not a good and righteous man. He knows he hasn't followed the law. He's hated and despised by all of his countrymen. And it's his fault. He's made some really terrible choices. And his guilt and his remorse and his shame or crushing him. So, he comes to the only place where he knows he might find help for this desperate condition, the temple. He comes to the temple and throws himself on God's mercy. Crying out to heaven, he says, I've done wrong. I'm guilty. I'm a sinner. Help me, Lord. Have mercy on me, a sinner. I told you a little while ago that I had my own moments of desperation. You know, I actually hadn't thought about this in quite a while until this week. Nothing so dramatic as the tax collector in the temple. It's a really a small thing, really, but, but a moment when I was truly desperate nonetheless. I was a young lawyer and had a big case I was preparing for trial. I was the lead. No one looking over my shoulder. Now, before a trial, there are always all sorts of deadlines that have to be met. And these deadlines, when they're not met, can have some pretty significant consequences. Here's where it got tricky. I'd procrastinated a little bit. Actually, I'd procrastinated a lot in getting to this file. And when I finally sat down and began my pretrial preparations in earnest, I quickly realized that I might have blown some pretty significant deadlines. And I had, if I had blown those deadlines, the consequences were going to be pretty bad. Really bad, in fact. And so my high level of anxiety began to turn into full-on panic. I couldn't breathe. The walls were closing in. I was desperate. As I sat in my office that morning, I recall the feeling of having nowhere to turn except to heaven. And so I did. Now, I'm actually pretty pleased that what I didn't say was something like this. You know, Lord, if you'll just get me out of this jam, I promise I'll go to church every Sunday for the next 10 years. I didn't say that, although I thought about it. <laughs> but I didn't say that. No, instead, instead, what I did was simply sit still. And ask for mercy in the midst of all of my guilt and shame and desperation. My prayer was, have mercy on me, Lord, a sinner. So, by and by, the panic subsided and I had the presence of mind to ask one of my older partners to take a look at the file with me. And he did. And, you know, we figured out some workarounds. In the end, all was well. 
This isn't really much of a story, except the feeling of desperation and crying out for God's mercy. That came right back to me as I sat with the tax collector's dilemma this week. Believe me, I was pretty darn careful to follow the rules to follow the law after that kind of near-death experience. So, back to our story. You see how Jesus flips the script here? It's not the dutiful, the righteous, the well-behaved Pharisee who's justified. It's the one who admits he isn't dutiful and righteous and well-behaved, who pleads for God's mercy, who pleads that his life might be changed. That's the one who goes home right with God, Jesus says. Now, Jesus' audience must have been astonished. And here's another astonishing takeaway from this parable. There is learning and insight and transformation for both of these men. For the tax collector who's received God's mercy, he'll become more like the righteous Pharisee, a follower of the law, which, after all, was given uh, by God to the people for their health and thriving and well-being. It was a good thing to follow the law. He'll try to do good. He'll try to be a good and righteous man. And the Pharisee can become more like the humble tax collector. He can recognize that simply checking off all the boxes isn't good enough. I mean, he can follow every jot and tittle of the law, but if his heart isn't humbled, if he doesn't recognize his need for God's mercy and grace, all the rule following amounts to not a darn thing. You see, they can learn from each other. They can teach each other. They need each other. And this is such a great parable for us in, in, in this time of, of division and polarization. You know, we need each other. We have things to teach each other and to learn from each other. And in this case, where does all this learning happen? In the, the story of the Pharisee and the, uh, and, and the tax collector, where does all this learning happen? In the temple. Which is to say, it happens in community. Now, I don't know about you. There are times when I'm the Pharisee, the dutiful rule follower, trying to do it all on my own. And there are also times, no doubt fewer, when I'm actually aware of my own brokenness, when I'm actually aware of my own failings and shortcomings, when I'm acutely aware of my need for God's mercy and grace. And thanks be to God, I have a community where all these parts of myself can be held and transformed. That's why I need this community. I need to be in a place where God's love is being witnessed to and acted out every single day. I need to be in a community where I can know God's mercy and grace in spite of my brokenness, my failings, and my shortcomings. We need each other, my dear sisters and brothers in Christ. We need each other. As surely as the tax collector and the Pharisee needed each other, and we need to be here in this place, in this community, where the love and the grace and the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ can be at work in our lives every day. I mean, yeah, we've got to pay the light bill and the water bill here at St. Thomas, and we need to maintain these beautiful buildings and grounds, and we really do need to pay our staff an appropriate living wage that is commensurate with their abilities and the amazing dedication that they bring to their ministries here. I mean, all that's important. But there's something even more important. Sonny and I give to this community because both of us need this place. 
I need to be here with you, knowing and sharing Jesus' love and mercy. I need that like I need sunshine. If you're here today, my guess is that you know that you need this place too. We need each other. We need this community. So pledge cards, uh, you've either picked them up already or you've received them in the mail this week. Sit down with your pledge card, please complete it. And let your pledge be a reflection of your gratitude for God drawing you here to this blessed place. Let your pledge card reflect, reflect your gratitude for calling you into commu- a community where you can be yourself, where you can be your own wonderful, joy-filled, broken, scared self. A person who's trying to do good, a person who wants to do good, and a person who also knows that they are in need of God's mercy. Let your pledge be an offering of thanks to God for all the blessings and all of the challenges of this life. Amen. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website, www.stthomasmedina.org. That's www. Dot stthomasmedina.org